we gather here on this Sunday evening to discuss, um, I don't even think it would be respectful to call him a man. Um, I don't even, I think you probably need to describe him as this um, savior type, as this Jesus kind of figure because we have never seen anything like this. And I didn't want to hear anything about Shohei Otani or that guy over in LA because I don't think he holds an inch to Jacob DeGrom because that's who we're discussing here. Um, he currently, what's his current ERA? I think 0. 0.31. 0.31. 0.31. 0.31. Fastest pitcher in Major League history with 50 strikeouts in a season or most strikeouts through four starts, which is 50, I guess, however you want to say it. Um, I mean, I think that this man is just poised to, like, run with the title of best pitcher in baseball for at least the next, like, five years, which I know contradicts what I said a few episodes. But um, I yeah. always denied you on that. I told you that this man is not yeah. human. This man is a freak of nature. This man is just Jesus Christ himself coming down Came and deciding so to put on a Mets uniform. Yeah, the innings. Yeah, He's entering his prime right now. He's entering yeah. his prime. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it really helps that he didn't pitch in college. Um, yeah. And that he got, like, Tommy John surgery, right? Like, once he got into the minor leagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Right. It's absolutely unbelievable. So, DeGrom shoved against the Nationals. Um, so, to go back, did you guys watch his first career start, like, live when it happened? Yeah. First the Yankees, Probably. that one? Yeah, mm-hmm. the one against the Yankees. Do you mm-hmm. remember, Mouth? Uh, I, if I saw it, I probably remember it, but I definitely watched it. Yeah. I well, don't I, remember it exactly. I remember watching it live, and – well, I do think it's funny that whoever that catcher was, that I don't remember who it is, he will forever be known as the guy who called Jacob DeGrom's first career start because I don't think he ever even sniffed the big leagues again after after that day because I have no uh-huh. idea who it was. And but, 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 like, I remember watching it, and it was this random guy with long-ass hair, like, and I was like – and, what, he was, like, 25 years old. I was like, all right, like, this guy is going to – He's coming for a cup of coffee. Yeah. He's not and staying then, around long. Yeah. Like he's and he won, wins rookie of the year. Next year, he's an all-star. Has that crazy yeah. inning. Well, couple Cy Young award. You know the thing is about that 2015 season is that because they made the World Series and because Harvey came back, I feel like those two things and like and, and like the whole David Wright storyline and like Yohannes Cespedes storyline, like the fact that the rookie the the reigning rookie of the year came back and had like a two five ERA and like literally like had the best performance in that year's in that year's um all-star game like it's like you don't really think of it yeah and then he kind of cooled off in 16 and 17 he was still great but he like cooled off a little bit and then 18 began the run of you know it's crazy i'm reading his his stats right now and just the accolades so rookie of the year is rookie year all-star game and he finished seventh in the Cy young in 2015 with a 14 and 8 record 254 era 205 k's 2016 he was hurt 2017 his worst year of his career 15 and 10, 353 ERA, eighth in the Cy Young Awards. Then he goes 1724238, right now 031. But in my opinion, the most fascinating stat about Jake right now is if you look at his ERA plus, 
which is like adjusted based on like ballparks and everything. Yeah. The MLB record is Pedro when he had an ERA plus of 291. Jacob deGrom's ERA plus right now is 1,237. Wait, wait, wait. It's he over 1,000? He's shattering the record. The all-time MLB record is 291, and he's 1,237. That's insane. In terms of ERA plus. He is wait, so not just breaking the work? record. Because I've heard this stat before, but like, like, what does that mean? It takes into account like the ball. It takes it's it, it's like I guess there's like a ranking system on the ballparks and like the ERA is based on each ballpark, like the average ERA of each pitcher in like history that's pitched there. And then it, oh. you know it's taken into effect. Yeah, yeah. But then how does that get to a thousand? Like, like what's that like number system that like gets it to like that it, number? I don't know because like I guess the average one is like. In the 100s, I mean, in 2018, he had like a 218 one, and that was everyone was saying like he had the best pitching season since Pedro that year. Oh, I see. But yeah, he's just shattering. Wait, but that if he's at a thousand right now, and he just continues to do like what he normally does, not like freakish like shit that he just. Did well, if you think of where he started, if you think of the games he started at so far, he started in Philly, hitters ballpark. He started in Colorado, hitters ballpark. Yeah, City Field is. In between a hitters and pitchers, yeah. I think he has two city field starts. So I feel like city field is pretty fair and moderate. Yeah. So favorably, like his start should go more in favor of the hitters. But meanwhile, he's going into hitters ballparks and shoving it, and he is just absolutely shoving it, and that's where he gets the the one thousand two hundred thirty seven ERA plus, the most incredible stat. That's crazy. That's crazy. Also, I just found that I just found who uh, who called his first team. What was it? It was Juan Centineo. <laughs> Dude, that's what I should have put on your tweet, Wendy, about the most obscure Met or whatever, like <laughs> obscure Met thing when they were losing. Oh, <laughs> wait, what's his name? Juan was, Juan Centineo. Centineo. Juan Centineo should get a place in the Mets Hall of Fame. Well, when they when they build the statue of Jacob Degrom outside City Field, they should have Juan Centeno Juan like C- with his hands over it, his shoulder. Either Juan Centeno or Thomas Nito across from him, one or the other. But yeah, little did we know Tigers uh, Juan Centeno. Just absolutely unbelievable. Not even unbelievable. Just crazy what he's doing right now. It's so game ended one nothing. It's it's it basically defined the rest of his career. Yeah. He that Mets Yankees game, that Mets Yankee game, the, the Mets lost one nothing. Oh my! <laughs> no God. run support ever. Yeah. No run support ever. What? Okay, that's freakish. That's weird. That is really weird. Yeah. So in in two thousand oh so sorry so two thousand um this guy Juan Centeno and he actually made his debut in two thousand thirteen. He played four games for the Mets, and he had no oh, he had three hundred. Wow, three for ten. <laughs> But then he played 10 games in 2014, and then he left, and now he's been like bouncing around everywhere. That's so I mean, weird. I know this is also a stat that's always been floating around right now, but the fact Jake has faced 101 batters and has 50 strikeouts, like not just like a hun- you recorded 101 outs. He has faced 101 batters and fi- 50 have K'd. That's crazy. That's a 49.8% yeah. strikeout rate. That's retarded. It's, it's that's absurd. Crazy. That is absolutely insane. His K's um, per nine right now is 15.5. Yeah. What's the all-time record for that for a starting pitcher? Because that's something that – if you can get that ERA plus record, 
the K per nine record and have like a sub two ERA, he would probably be cemented as like the greatest season of all time for a pitcher. K's per nine, the all time record is Shane Randy. Bieber. Shane Bieber with from last season fourteen point one. Okay, that doesn't count. That's and then Garrett Cole is behind him at thirteen point eight, and then Jake is third all time from last season when he went thirteen point seven. See, but like, how do you like measure that from last year? Because that was twelve starts. And that's why mm-hmm. Bieber has the number one is number one. Right. Cole I was, I was at number like two. Randy Johnson. Randy's at number four, but Cole at number two is legit because that was twenty nineteen with the Astros when he was dominant. Yeah, I figured but, that. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, one other weird yeah, thing about DeGrom is that I don't remember any of his playoff starts from 2015 except for the one against the Dodgers. Like, I don't if remember you go back the and Cubs re- or the Royals. He won He won both of his starts versus the Dodgers. He pitched game one and he pitched game five. Yeah. Um, and he was great in both of them. Game one, he was better than game five. Game five, he had a rough one. But game I think game one, he had 14 games versus the Dodgers. Yeah. If my mind is accurate, I just don't. Also, like, he's raking too. He's absolutely raking as well. Yeah, well, he has more hits than earned runs, right? Yeah, yeah, he has more runs driven in than earned runs. Uh. He's more RBIs than just a freak of nature. Yeah. No, no one like him. Where is it? Postseason pitching. This, see, like, this yeah, is the only the reason why I would want to keep the you know no DH, but like it doesn't outrule that we de- desperately need a DH right now for this team. <laughs> Yeah, this team is a disaster in the field. Today was a great game, though. Looked really good in the field, but yeah, they still did. absolutely. He had 13 Ks versus the Dodgers in game one, then seven versus the Dodgers in game five. Okay. Seven versus the Cubs in game three, and then he got shelled in the World Series. Really? He gave up four runs in five innings with only two Ks. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I think I might remember that start. I know, yeah. It was the clincher. It. it was the clincher. No, it wasn't. I took it out of no, my wasn't. no, he came in. No, it was game two. I'm sorry. It was game, yeah, two. game two. Yeah. Yeah, it's a GS5. That was weird. But um, um he um yeah, I mean that's such a small sample size. Those are the only postseason games he pitched, right? Because then 16 Syndergaard started the wild card game and they haven't been mm-hmm. back since. Because he was hurt. Yeah, and they haven't been back since. The the only other thing that he has left to accomplish really is I guess like win like an MVP, which he probably could do this year. If they're if they're a top <clears> team, I could see it. If he wins a World Series, if he wins an MVP and then we get him a World Series, he's he, I think he overtakes Kershaw in and Verlander in best pitchers of our era. I mean, did he come up late? Yes, but his dominance. I think he needs an and MVP. The things he does because both Verlander and yeah, Kershaw he needs have that. the MVP because the two of them have MVPs. And he needs another Cy Young. He gets three Cy Youngs. I mean, that's more yeah. than Verlander. And honestly, I, I I wouldn't even say he needs the MVP. I think it would be nice, but but like Verlander, Verlander's career ERA is in sub three. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And like I Not feel like Jake is going to hop around this two five. He's at he's at two five five right now, but I feel like he could drop it down to two four something. Honestly, he could. He definitely. And it's could. crazy to me now that you know. We're getting to the talks of as his career matures with the Mets, he's starting to get into that argument with the greatest pitcher in Mets history and Tom Seaver. I mean, the fact that we're even thinking about a kid who came out 25 and he went on this tear to now being in the conversation with one of the best pitchers in MLB history is just incredible. Yeah, he will be the best pitcher in Mets history. 
without a doubt, he will be. He will definitely overtake. I think by Sabre. the time it's all said and done, by yeah. the time it's all said and done, I think he will be. Yeah, it's not not yet. You can't do that to receiver, especially when and, he's wearing his number on his sleeve. Yeah, right I was having a, I was having debates with like you know my dad and you know other people, and it was always the debate between because Keith said during Degrom's start. You know, I never saw Doc do this. Even on Doc's best day, he does not come close to what Jake does on a nightly basis. Yeah, and I was just thinking about that, and I was like, the fact that Doc was one of the most dominant pitchers of the 80s, and for Keith to say that, a guy who played with Doc, just now watching DeGrom is, you know, Keith's a borderline Hall of Famer. And he's saying stuff like this. It's, you know, it just really attests to Jake's legacy. I think it was yesterday. I, cause I, I remember my, uh, cause I know my dad was a big Pedro fan. I asked him, I said, who was more, who was more dominant, the Grom now or Pedro when, when he was at his peak. And my, I was surprised. I thought my dad was going to say Pedro. He actually, he actually said he's never seen anything like the Grom right now. He feels yeah. like he's more dominant than Pedro at his peak. Yeah. Pedro's peak was, was great. Crazy. And he had some great years, but do we think that's right because, like, do we think that's because like now there's like such like a boom of like statistics and all these, like, it's like, because every time somebody does something crazy, it's like there's like a thousand stats that can like go towards that game and like go towards the season. Because I feel like back then, like in the no- late 90s, early 2000s, like everyone was like, oh, yeah, his ERA is really low. And that's kind of like what they, you know, that's kind of what they focused on. Not so much all this other stuff. And, and, and like, well, I mean, not- it's a different era now. I mean, with all this stupid stuff, like seven inning double headers and runners on second, like guys' yeah. stats are going to be so skewed that it's true. you're going to have to take it into effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Degrom is definitely making his case for the Hall of Fame. Um, he said he, he he openly said that he is thinking about it, and he's a very he's a very goal oriented person. Like every year, he always says he wants to be you know you know like the number one pitcher in the league and win like the Cy Young every year. Um, and honestly, I'm totally fine with that guy being the most selfish motherfucker in the entire league because nobody I, does him any favors. Nobody. He said. <clears throat> Uncle Stevie actually, someone tweeted at Uncle Stevie the other day. How much do we think um, we're gonna? It's gonna take to keep Degrom in a Mets uniform for life. And it was he said something along of like seven years, two hundred forty mil, which we put Jake until he's thirty, until he's forty in a Mets uniform until he's forty. Steve Cohen said that. No, this guy said it's Uncle Stevie, and wow. Uncle Stevie responded with, "I want to make sure I get it exactly word for word," but he said something along the lines of, "It might take even more than that." So more once again, Uncle Stevie. Yeah. So once again, Uncle Stevie, I know you. Of course, you listen because you definitely take our opinions into very big standing with you. Yeah, but right. um, just offer him part of point seventy two, please. Just offer him part of point seventy two. Let's get it all out of the way. You, you can both make a lot of money. Everyone's happy. End of the day, Jacob Degrom's in a uniform forever. Yeah, a lot of a lot of companies and like brands that do deals with athletes. They give them pieces of like of the business, <clears throat> like the top top guys. Cohen needs to pull out all the stops for Degrom because Conforto's price tag should plummet straight down. To. Yeah. Well. Well, there's going to be a team that's going to overpay for the Conforto of the past few years. There will, yeah, but it's just about be. how much does does Conforto want to stay with the Mets? Because everyone has said, like guys in the clubs have said, he lo- that Conforto loves being a Met. Right. So I'm sure he does. But, you know, there's always the Boris factor. Um, but then, like, going back to DeGrom, like, um, <clears throat> he's really going to need to get creative because when's his opt-out? After next year? Yeah. Oh, boy. So. Yeah. 
So he's going to we'll be figure it out. There's no way that we don't figure <clears throat> it out with Jake. I mean, we figured it out with Lindor. We'll figure it out with Jake. If they can lock up Lindor at the last second, they can get DeGrom done. I'm very confident. What was it? Um, Minor news, but kind of nice news. Drew Smith, uh, the guy who's dealing in um, spring training, one of the relievers, he just got activated from the injured list. Is going to the um, optional site in uh, was, Brooklyn. So, Oh, wasn't that the guy that gave the grand slam to Gary Sanchez last year? Drew Smith. Um, yeah, it was, hard. but he's he's really looked throws really hard, but he's looked really good. Um, he would definitely take the spot of like a Barnes or a Tarpley, both guys who are miserable. He'd be so much <laughs> better than them. So I'm cool with him. Barnes. And Tarpley, Tarpley has an infinity ERA. His Mets career is going to end with an infinity ERA. Good. I hope he never steps foot on that mound again. I hated that guy. As, as long as we have Reed Foley, I was about to say, I want to see and, him. And, and Edwin Diaz coming after a Jacob Degrom start, we'll be all right. Over that guy and Miguel Castro. Let's go, Castro, baby. Yeah, he's been filthy. Castro's been really good. And Trevor Mays, you know, he's settled in. I also like don't um, want to give Castro any credit only because Brody brought him over. Um, like I just kind of want to like dismiss everything he does, but fair. but at the same time, but hey, I, we love Edwin Diaz. We love Edwin Diaz. That's true. Malfo loves Edwin Diaz. I'm well, I mean, love me some Edwin Diaz. Well, we better love Edwin Diaz because we gave up Jared Kalanick to, you know, to get him. So, hey, if he, like, if he keeps pitching the way he's pitching, good. maybe it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah. Oh, right. Noah yeah. just tweeted out. Noah just tweeted out. The Braves just got no hit. That's kind of cool. They did? Yeah, seven inning no hitter. Seven inning Bumgarner. no hitter by Mad Bomb. Wait, so like, does that count as like an actual no, no hitter? No, it's not counting. Hmm. It's stupid. They said it's unofficial. Noah just tweeted out at uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, like praising him for roasting the shit out of Trevor Bauer. Um, Wendy, I want to check our status here. We're an anti Jeff Passan podcast. Is, is that what we are? Our anti Anthony Decomo podcast? Uh, Anthony Anthony Decomo. Definitely oh, okay. anti Decomo. Do I follow him currently? Yes, but um, we're still anti Decomo. Because we will uh, be anti Decomo until he apologizes. I don't remember exactly what he did, but he did something that really got me mad. So I became an no don't remember. I'm scrolling back to it because I was really mad at him. He said something about uh, he said something along the lines of uh, no, where is it? I, I, I was I so mad. He, I remember what he did. I remember what he said. It was really stupid. Um keep talking. I'm finding it because I want to I want to get pissed yeah, at him again. Well, I was so, like, so mad at him. Passon says that he, that we should everybody should celebrate the Bumgarner no hitter and and treat it as it's real, but if, if, if there's a major league baseball game that's going to last seven innings, I don't think any aspect of it should be considered real. Um, I, I just absolutely hate these rules. And like, until Jacob, unless Jacob DeGrom throws, has 21 strikeouts in a seven inning game or a perfect game through seven, then it should count. Everything else, I'm fine with it not counting. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, especially Where's for the theme, What did I get mad at Tacoma for? Wendy, while you look, Malfo, what does it need? So I think this is DeGrom's eighth year in the league. So in order for him to qualify for the Hall of Fame, you have to play at least 10 years. Like, let's say two years past were to pass, and what does he need to get there? Because I, I think he's a Hall of Famer right now. I feel like those old fucks in the Hall of Fame that like to mess everything up would, like, not vote him in if he kind of kept his numbers relatively, like, you know, where they are now. I think they were talking about it last night. I think he needs to. I think he needs to get a little more. I mean, I know he can't help it, but if if he gets a decent amount more wins, 
and I mean, pitches he, he, the way he's been pitching. But is he all right? Him. He'll get in. Yeah, like I, I, I'll be surprised if he pitches like this for a couple more years. There's no way he doesn't get in. Yeah, it's he's he's too dominant for too long. If he if he does this like say three years from now, still, it's too, it's too dominant for too long. You're talking like a seven eight year stretch of just like pure dominance. Like, yeah, there's no way he doesn't get it. I found my Dakota. There it is. Yeah, uh, he tweeted out, "Wow, Joe Musgrove does it." And the Padres have their first no hitter. The Mets are now the That's only team in MLB history without a oh. no hitter that didn't include a blown call. <laughs> That would have changed the outcome if ruled correctly. So fuck you, Anthony DeComo. That really and if I remember me correctly, off. if I remember correctly, the the game after Santana's no hitter, R. A. Dickey took one. Had, yes, yeah. he went deep. He should have had a no hitter, and then a bad call pulled. took it away from him. Yeah, we we would have had two in a row. Yep. How long? The, the executive producer of um executive producer of American Idol actually liked that tweet, so that's that's kind of dope. What? Kind of a random fact. <laughs> random like, fact like for your us. Tweet? Yeah, he liked my fuck to to fuck to Como tweet. He's like, what a dick. He's like, this guy's an absolute dick. And I was like, thanks. So all right, well, I guess we, we get into the stuff with the team that actually pisses me off. Well, hold on. Because there's a lot about this here, team. I know, but we're here to honor DeGrom. We're here to to talk about him because this is this is what brings happiness to our lives, okay? The 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 team and not hitting, he's frozen, I think. Wendy's dead frozen. Uh, oh, there you are. All right, I'm there back now. What were you saying? I didn't hear um, you. I'm saying that we're here to honor DeGrom and we're here to celebrate what makes us happy, not not watching this team hit and not watching, you know. Well, Jacob DeGrom like pitching makes me happy. Pitch. Yeah, adios, motherfucker, Joey Lucchesi. <laughs> I, I have not liked any of his starts so far this year. They've really got me frustrated. He, he's um, not good. Like, that's really just he's, – he's just not good. He, he, he's like a Michael Walker or Rick Porcello. They're just not good. Yeah, I'll look on the bright side. I will look on the bright side in terms of how much fun is this rotation going to be when we get Cookie and Noah back and then Lugo back to the bullpen. Yeah. That team, this team's going to be fun at that Team, point. Teams will be lucky to scratch off like four runs, like in a game. Like they'll be very lucky. Like obviously when we go, not often. Then it's going to be curious, like, are we going to throw, like, are we going to have a six-man rotation? And, I mean, I feel like you can't do, like, we have six great pitchers, but at the same time, like, you can't have a six-man rotation and not have Jacob DeGrom throwing as many times as possible. I mean, you yeah. want Jake out there as much as possible, but, you know, thinking I'll about it, too, answer. like, I mean, then who goes to the pen? That's my question. Wait, 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 but who would be the sixth guy? It would be Jake, uh, Jake Stroh, Syndergaard, Cookie, um, Taiwan, Peterson in Taiwan. Yeah, but Peterson should just be put in the bullpen. Yeah, but then if you have the lefty, you still want a lefty going every fifth day as well. My but, thinking yeah, was how important is that if you have like five really good righties? Because Walker's he's no, really proven himself. He's really pitching well. But my issue, my worry with Walker more than anything is he has not pitched a full season since 2018. He made one start in 2019, then he made a couple starts last year. He hasn't like you know he hasn't got his arm back up to the endurance level that we might want down the stretch, and then come the stretch, I'd be worried if he got hurt or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you keep him starting at Peterson, just like just like in the bullpen, and, and he should be used a lot if he's in the pen. He no, be he should be. Effective. I think I think eventually down the line, if we're going to win this season, when it comes time for a stretch run, you know Lugo's not pitching every day. 
because he can't, and you need his, him as a weapon. I think you move T- Ty- Taiwan Walker there into the pen and make him basically another Seth Lugo for a couple games because what's better than one Seth Lugo two? I mean, if you can have Lugo go one day, T-Walk go another day, and maybe on a T-Walk one, like, it's it with David Peterson, so Peterson goes like four, T-Walk goes four, and then you hand it right off to Edwin Diaz, that's trumpets. That is automatic trumpets. Narcos is blasting with a lead. I mean, I think it's something that they're going to have to look at down the road, especially with the health concerns of Walker. Hopefully he stays healthy because I love him pitch when he pitches. He's so, so much fun to watch, but it's yeah. definitely food for thought. I just don't think you can make that change until he starts to slow down. And then if he does slow down, then you could, you know, cross that bridge. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you want more weapons. Um. Mikey's, hit, Mikey's hitting the ball more. Mikey's hitting the He's ball. He's trying to get more. out of it. Slowly, like, like real, real baby steps. He's hitting the he's ball still, very hard lately. He's just swinging at all these pitches out of the zone. Like, there's no, like, there's zero discipline right now. And he, he's just really trying to push the envelope right now in terms of getting back to that superstar level, which is probably hurting. Them. Speaking of superstars, Pete is once again a superstar. Pete is that dude once again. Pete His is defense this year. I mean, he looks like. I mean, he looks like he's young Keith Hernandez. Just a very fat <laughs> Keith Hernandez at first base. I mean, his bat has been his bat's been incredible. I love Pete. I, I saw a tweet earlier and I retweeted it. I love Pete batting in the two hole. I think he's just less aggressive and more of a smarter hitter when he's in that two hole. Him getting up more and more and more constantly, he just drives in so many runs. Yeah, <clears throat> he's gonna have a big because especially when Lindor his, his picks it up, they're gonna be big. Oh yeah, Lindor looked frustrated today. I feel like he's starting to get frustrated with the slump. Yeah, he he did square up a couple though. He did hit a couple hard hard hit balls. Dude, his his stats are like little league right now. He's like three RBIs with one home run, like hitting like two twenty. It's not even, not even. Yeah, I it, I feel bad for him. I mean, it's a new adjustment. He's never it. played in the National League. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's facing all new pitchers he's never faced before. Yeah. Like, let's not forget that we all knew I don't there really was care, adjustment period like, coming over. Yeah, I really don't. I I don't care. He could take his long. He's as going to get it together. He's going to yeah. get it together. He will. I mean, who did he hit the homer against? It was nobody big. It was, it was off the it was one of the Cubs pitchers. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, it was in Chicago. Oh, okay. Zach Davies. No, because he. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like he faced Chicago. He's faced the Cubs a bunch. He's never really faced the Phillies in his career. The Marlins, he's never really faced. I mean, you know, it's going to be an adjustment period seeing guys he really has never seen before and go up against them. But once he, you know, gets another season them second time, third time, he's going to he's going to break out and he's going to dominate versus them. He's going to be yeah. the old Francisco Lindor. It's just you have to be patient. So coming up, the Red Sox are coming in the city. I think um, pump for that. Pump for I that would series. Love for them to scratch out a win, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Peterson's pitching on Tuesday, right? It's Peterson versus Darren Richards. DP yeah. Tuesday, and then. Jake DeGrom and fucking DeGrom on Wednesday. Yeah. So if they can win on Tuesday, they, they can almost pencil in a win on Wednesday because and, – and then that would put them, I think, three games over 500. Mm-hmm. Currently to, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that would put them three. And then that would – like, I think if they can hold on the first place through the first month, I think that's huge because if they can hold on the first place through all the bullshit that's gone on in terms of the offense, not being able to drive and runs, that is amazing. 
especially with how strong, you know, the division is, even though they're not playing like it. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to play Philly the end of the month for the third time this season already. So it would be nice if we could, you know, take two from uh, the Sox, three-game winning streak going into Philly. You know, I feel like it would just definitely give some momentum. Definitely some momentum because then you go into Philly, then you go to St. Louis, and then you come home and play uh, the Diamondbacks. You got a, some good teams coming up in these next two se- three series. Yeah. So. Yeah. I The goal should definitely be to hold on to first place throughout this month. And then, like, as the warm weather kicks in, hopefully the bats come. Um, that's because come May, cliche, but it could come May. We got because come May, we don't have a terrible schedule. Like, after Philly and St. Louis, we come home, face the Diamondbacks, then we face the Orioles, go down to Tampa and face the Rays for a few games, go to Atlanta and Miami, and Colorado comes to town, Braves again, Diamondbacks again. Yep. So we can capitalize on this series right here and then, you know, take win both series versus the, the Phillies and the Cardinals. Then you then you go on a run. Then you go in the driver's seat, and then that's when you solidify yourself as a great team. Because June June is not going to be fun. June's going to be tough. You have a tough six, schedule. In June. Start off with six of eight against June. the Padres. Yeah, oh, we're have the Padres a lot. You have six out of eight games against the uh, which the first six out of. Hold on, I'm having a stroke here. The first eight games we played the Padres six times. Uh. Let's one, see. Two, Jewel. One, two. The Diamondback six, series overlap. Eight, so the first, 11. the first uh, six. Of, we, oh, no. Seven our first eleven. First our first. Uh, for yeah, seven of the first eleven. Seven of the first eleven games in June, we Padres. faced the Padres. That's tough. And then but, we play the Cubbies again. Then we face the Nats. Then the Braves. Then the Phillies. And then oh, the Nats and the Braves. Oh. Boy. So June is going to be tough. So yeah. if we can capitalize with this stretch run. Go that, through May with some. That wins. would be a good a good test to see how this team is against the Padres, like at that point in the season, because that's like when everybody get, gets going. Like that's when like hot streaks like really get yeah. you know started and and like those like divisions start to you know play out and see how it goes. And then you got that's Syndergaard exciting. coming back mid June. Oh, yeah. when do you Cookie look good, and right? Noah? <laughs> Cookie and Noah's first start could be versus the Pods. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, that'd cookie be should be Cookie should be back. They said I heard Noah. I heard Noah back. might be ahead of schedule too. Like Noah they, might Noah's be ahead. Noah's getting ahead, uh, but Cookie they, he should be back first or second week of May. They said, dude, if we get a That's start so from if we get a start from Noah versus the Padres, I think he throws at Tatis's head. Like I think he tries to kill Tatis. <laughs> well, no, they they're they're united yeah, right now. Yeah, they're united. <laughs> well, they're united, but like I just feel like he's gonna want to rise some tension. You know, I feel like there's gonna be tension when we face the Padres in the similar way that there is when the Dodgers are facing the Padres right now. I mean, I know they're divisional rivals, but there's an upper echelon of teams in the National League, and it's the we're Dodgers, the Padres, and us. So yeah. there's gonna be a lot of aggression regardless. But absolutely. Also, so. when, um, I was thinking. Let's play some bets. When's the first time we see the black uniforms? I'm telling you, the summertime. It's going to be the summer. Well, the black – you've seen the black shirts are out. They're all wearing the black T-shirts nonstop. I saw that in the post. We got a Friday night – we got a Friday night game May 7th versus the D-backs. The first first Friday night game in June is against the Padres. That was my thinking. Could we possibly see a home Friday night black versus the Padres? I'm gonna say yes. Now. I'm actually going on May 11th when they play. Uh, uh they play the Orioles. Yeah, when they play the Orioles. So 
hopefully we could see like Harvey pitch. But that's a pretty safe bet, I think, when we play the Padres. That's I I'm gonna go end of May, uh, May 28th versus the Braves. I'm gonna go May 28th versus the Braves. You know they're gonna want to break it out for a divisional game. Yeah. Get the juices flowing a little bit. Boys are coming back. Noah's coming back next week. Lugo's probably back by then. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole squad, whole squad will be ready and armed. Just doubles. Davis is gonna stay hot. Lindor's gonna be cooking by then. Yeah. As long if as they're not, then I'm gonna be losing my mind. <laughs> Listen, if JD's, I mean, yes, his defense is atrocious, but if he's hitting the way he's hitting right now, I do not care how bad his defense is. I do not care. This dude is the only reason our lineup is somewhat decent right now. Him and Peter, the only reason this lineup is doing something. Yeah. Yeah, they are holding it together. And the McKinnon, the McKinnon comes up every once in a while with a nice little clutch hit. I yeah, do appreciate he, he, the he's a very He's a very serviceable A-hitter, I, but I, I don't really expect too much out of him. No, neither do I. But, you know, I like when he drives in a nice little run. I'm like, all right, let's go, yep. McKinnon. His yep. defense is extraordinary. Yeah, it's really good. Absolute hose. Hopefully he wins a gold glove in, in the four years he's here. We might have multiple glove, gold glove winners. Yeah. That'd maybe awesome. him. Maybe Pete. Maybe Lindor. Maybe Lindor at some point. Maybe Albert Almora. That dude made a play. That yeah. was a play and a half today. You know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of the Granderson catch in the 2016 wildcard game. That gave me Juan Ligares flashbacks. I just kept oh. thinking about Juan when I saw him going back on that. Yeah. I got that. I think Almora gets needs to get we can't have Kevin Pollard go out there. Every time we need like defensive outfield, if I see Kevin Pollard go back out there, like I'm just gonna lose it. Like Almora actually put the ball in play today and like yeah, no, I, looked I like phenomenal in center field. I like him more than Pollard right now. I do too. He's younger too. Give him a shot. Yeah. Pollard is like 34. Just maybe he can come in for Definitely defense. But I swear to God, if Kevin Pollard is like one of the first dudes off the bench again for to pinch hit, I'm Gonna turn off the TV. I'm just gonna be. <laughs> I mean, I I despise every time he comes to the plate. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Got to get hot, get hot, stay hot. Got to yeah. capitalize on May. Take advantage now, and then when the boys are back, start buzzing in the summer. Yep, we're gonna we're, we're gonna end this month in first place. I believe we're gonna be within a game of first place or in first place by the end of May, and then June is going to be the real test of this team. Get them hot and then uh, have them buzzing by the time they get uh, Chris Bryant at the trade deadline. I was just about – I was literally just about to say that, Mal. I, <laughs> I feel like the deadline rumors are about to start buzzing real soon. Yep. If one thing goes wrong with this team, I think we're just going to start hearing chatters about phone calls between the Mets and the Cubs. Absolutely. Yeah, because there's no shot he stays there in Chicago. And he's hitting pretty well. He's looking like Chris Bryant of old. So. Yeah, he is doing good. But until next time, we will uh, we'll be here. Wendy will be working hard with those Twitter fingers of his. And uh, Ready for some Twitter beef. Yep. I'll talk to you later, guys. Later.